sounds like everybody is alive, awake. Good to see everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, how many of you met somebody new? Got a few hands, right? How many, somebody came and met you? And you're like, I know you. <laughs> All right. So a couple things, Pat, uh, I want to give you a quick update. Yesterday, we did our food outreach. As Stephen mentioned, we, uh, not only the amount of people that come, but one of the, the benefits is the ministry that takes place even before. Four people responded back that they were healed out of pain. Four people, and one of those accepted the Lord very, very first time yesterday. So, so I, it is a lot of work, right? They pick up a truck on Thursday, pick up food on Friday, set it up, serve, set up, tear down, clean up. But, you know, on, the Lord is, is blessed, so I wanted to throw that out. Now, today, um, after service, lunch is provided by us by the African Christian Fellowship. And I want a Christian to come on up. He just has a brief uh, word of encouragement to say hello. For some of you that may not know, um, African Christian Fellowship meets twice a month, uh, mates, most of the time on campus, sometimes by Zoom. But we've known them, Michelle and I have had an opportunity to them over eight years and attend some events. So I wanted you to come on up and share with the congregation, but then I wanted us to get a chance to pray for you guys. All right, thank you. Yeah. Good morning, church. Good morning. How are we doing today? Good. Praise God. The Lord is good. And all the time. God is good. Yeah, today we have set today apart to come to appreciate the church, the ill church, for giving us the facility to use for our fellowship and for giving us support by prayers and encouragement. So today is just to thank God for this church, thank God for the pastor and the wife and the members of this church for their support, enabling us to do the work and the mission of God. Praise God. Amen. On behalf of the president of African Christian Fellowship, Southern California, Barrister Chijoke Ikonte, that is out of town, because of family emergency, he has gone to Chicago. Um, I'm here on his behalf to appreciate you for all that you have done for us and for all that you have done for the work of God. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. His faithfulness endures forever. And so, because of his mercies, that we are alive today, because of his grace. So today we have come to celebrate the faithfulness and the goodness and the mercies of God. And that is why we have provided a meal for us to rejoice, for us to celebrate 
the blessings and the favor of God upon our life as individual and as a community. So I hope you join us to celebrate. We want to also appreciate the church for being part of our vision in mission to Africa. I believe our, our first lady, the mother of this church, has been part of this mission and she can testify of what we are doing down in Africa. Mm -hmm. And so we thank you for being part of this great vision in transforming Central Africa. With your support, with your encouragement, we've been able to build a school, and then we are looking forward to build churches and um, hospital coming here. And I believe your prayers, your encouragement, and your support will go a long way. May God bless you for all that you do, and may your reward never pass you by. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and God Amen. bless you. Amen. Amen. So, I know we have others in the group, and, and I'm always cautious because um, I don't want anybody to lose a reward on their giving, but this ministry, African Christian Fellowship, sowed a very significant gift so that the air conditioning, you hear it running right now, so that we could be back in uh, this facility here today using it with air conditioning. And again, I don't want to, you know, I know you, the reward will come, but we wanted to thank you guys. We usually never do it like publicly, but we wanted to thank you guys. Um, that was significant, significant. So we want to pray for you. Awesome. Father, we thank you for African Christian Fellowship. Even today, Lord, I pray burn a, a vision. We've heard schools, hospitals. Lord, I thank you burn a vision deep. We thank you, Father, you're their provider. We thank you for every member, even wherever they are right now, that it would be your presence. They would just sense and know Lord, that you are strengthening them in these days, that you protect them. In all of their ministry efforts, make the crooked places straight. And Father, bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We love Thank you, you so oh, much. Bless you, too. Bless you. Bless you, too. Bring the kids. All right. all right. All right. Thank you. So if you heard, now, you heard lunch after church, so don't go out thinking you can go check it out now. All right, that's uh, so... Please stay after church uh, for a time of lunch. It'll be next door. A um, couple more things. October 29th, water baptism, right after service. If you've never been water baptized, maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you've come to the Lord just recently. Maybe you're rededicating your, your life to the Lord. We're going to do it right after church on the 29th. Uh, you can email in info at hillschurcharcadia.org. Say, hey, that's me. Or come on up right after service. Uh, if we don't have you on our list for water baptism, then we'll do uh, a potluck celebration uh, right after that as well, too. All right, one verse for our tithes and offering today. Look at somebody and say, just one verse? No, there's no verse. Just one verse today. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. The Apostle Paul writes this. So let each one give as he's purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves, say it with me, a cheerful giver, right? God loves a cheerful giver. And as we do each and every week, we're going to put up a prayer on the screen. Would you pray this prayer uh, along and pray it as if this is God speaking through you to him, right? You're talking to him about your various needs. Let's pray this together. Ready? As I give in today's offering, 
Lord, guide me to make decisions about my giving and to always be a good steward of what you've provided for me. Let my offering spread your message and bring glory to your name. I live to be a testimony of your love and salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You're giving today in service. There's an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place your offering on the giving slot that's on the wall by the sound booth as you exit. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. You can also online download today's notes. There's a bunch of pages here. Or we can just go for it, right? We got lunch and we can come back in. But download today's notes. Uh, I think it'll be a blessing to you as well. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, if you have a phone, you have a tablet, grab your neighbor's Bible if they're not looking. Maybe you need a Bible. Open with me to two places. Uh, open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And then open with me to Acts 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, and I'll start there first. And then we'll jump to uh, Acts chapter 18. We've been looking at this verse the last couple weeks, and this is the Apostle Paul as he was writing to the church in Corinth, but he said these things in these five verses. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Acts chapter 18, let me read these uh, four verses. Again, this is Paul ministering in Corinth. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. So Father, we thank you again for your word today, that your word is life to those that find it. It's health to all of our flesh. Lord, we pray today that uh, your word, the Holy Spirit, by these words that God spoke out, will penetrate our spirits and our hearts, that we become alive in the things that you say. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, past couple weeks, we've looked at the Apostle Paul. In fact, we looked at some of the things he went through physically in ministry. I was trying to think of the craziest church call that I've had. Can I tell you just one? Nobody wants to hear one? Okay. So, in, no. Right. Somebody's like, of course. 
So Michelle and I lived two different times in North Carolina. The first time was from 1998 to 2000. Uh, I had two jobs, ministry jobs. I was part-time in a church and also part-time, they called it district youth director. I was responsible for uh, the fall camp, summer camps, uh, all the youth pastors in 10 states. And so we were bringing uh, stuff back from summer from camp, dropping it off at the church that I was uh, on part-time staff with. And the youth pastor came, but he was in a suit. He was on visitation calls that day. And he says, I really need your help. We got this call. This guy in the church, I guess his cow went out on the street and was hit by a car. Now, again, I'm a year from moving from California, North Carolina. A cow got hit by a car. Like, we're used to dogs or, you know, possums or, you know, rats. Cows. I have this picture in my head of this big old cow that just got hit. And I'm like, well, what does he want us to do? Well, he doesn't get it out like in an hour he's going to get fined like $1,500. So I'm all dre I'm dressed in like work clothes, shorts, and Dale is in a suit. So we go over to this guy's house. There, I'm, I'm expecting to see like T-bones. I'm saying, hey, maybe I'll get, bring Michelle home a T-bone tonight. I'm expecting to see ground beef. I'm expecting to see all the, I don't see anything on the street. Well, we walk up the driveway and here's the cow. It's not a cow cow, it's probably a small steer. And it's just laid out, you know, I mean, looked de dead to me. Well, the guy that had it had back issues. He's had back surgeries, so he couldn't do anything. He says, I want to get it, and I want to put it in my Jeep. And I backed my Jeep up to this hill. If we can drag it and put it in the Jeep. And they all looked at me to drag it, because I was the one in the clothes. And I'm thinking, this thing's got to be four or 500 pounds. And so they tried to help, and I, and I looked down, and I mean, the back legs of the cow uh, we're bad. And so I started to drag it, and the cow looked at me. <laughs> and I backed up, and this guy says, Richard, this cow's alive. He says, I know. He says, we've got to get it in the back of my Jeep. I said, you, you want me to get it in the back of your Jeep? So I drug this thing across this gravel lot. Drag it, drag it, drag it. And I thought, should I stop? I don't want to hurt it. And he said, oh, he's not going to feel a thing. Why is he not going to feel a thing? He says, you know, I've been storing all this morphine because of my back, and I've been hitting him with morphine since he got hit. He's not going to feel a thing. Sure enough, this cow didn't moo or bark or do it. And I drug this thing, and I put it in, a Jeep, in the back of his Jeep. It was a Jeep like I had, a little square one. And I got it in the Jeep, and I pulled it in, and I'm, you know, I'm exhausted. And I get ready to put the lid down, and it just pooped all over my leg. I'm in shorts. My shoe, you know, I'm kicking this stuff off. And I shut it and I said, Rich, I, I, I don't know if the vet can fix those legs. Vet! He says, I'm taking it to the butcher shop. Oh, my goodness. Right? What a call to get. Two weeks later on my desk is a five-pound thing of ground beef. And it says, thank you, Walter. So we took it home. True story. Michelle makes chili one night. And, oh, that looks good. She says, you know, it's the beef from, you know, the cow that you. And so, honestly, three bites in, my mouth was numb. Remember, that was like, <laughs> that morphine didn't come out right. I can't eat this thing anymore. <laughs> Call Pizza Hut or somebody else to get it through. So when we read things about, like, the Apostle Paul, right, you, you, you have these different scenarios uh, that you read about. You know, the Apostle Paul in his message is going to challenge believers that we examine every part of our life through the light of the gospel. 
fact, that's exactly what he, he says. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm weak. It doesn't matter if I don't talk right. It doesn't matter all that. I, I examine my life through the light of the gospel. We've looked the last couple of weeks that God would take a Saul, a persecutor of the church who would breathe murderous threats, who was there when Stephen was stoned holding coats, and he would transform, it's kind of a message through September and the beginning, he would transform his life to be Paul, now the Apostle Paul, who would write letters to churches that they would read. You know, it's interesting if it would be like if Paul wrote, you know, to the Hills Church back then, and if you read a lot of the books at the very end, he thanked certain people, except on this one part. Can you imagine sitting in church and you hear this and you think it's possibly uh, your name? He said, he says this, he says, I del- um, he's talking about Hermetius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may not learn to blaspheme. Imagine if they were in the service that day. <gasps> I don't even know all that that means that he turned them over, but he had these, these different words. At the end of Galatians chapter 1, verse 22 and 24, he uses these uh, few words. He says, and they glorified God in me. There was a difference, right? There was a difference. He didn't talk about how he preached or how he looked or how he said things. They glorified God in me. And then we looked at this verse out of the New Living, Acts 20, 24, which I I think I said last week, if if I could just pick a verse that really characterized um, the Apostle Paul's ministry, it would be this verse. Let's all read this together. Ready? But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. My life is worth nothing unless, right? Unless I I use it. Unless I use it. Well, that's the Apostle Paul. You you might think, well, yeah, that's the Apostle Paul. You know, I also had down in my notes Peter. You know, Peter walked with Jesus three and a half years. Peter also denied Jesus three times. We know Jesus' own words that if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. But in the early church in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, in fact, in the notes there's two typos. It's actually Acts 2, not Acts 3. Peter, it wasn't like, hey, Peter, do you have a message today? you have anything to say? I don't have anything to say. Do you have anything? No. Peter steps up and he preaches this message and he goes through the Old Testament. And he's talking out to the people and he says this in Acts 2.38. Peter says to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we read that 3,000 people hear that and they repent and they accept Jesus as Lord. They're filled with the Spirit. They're baptized And all of a sudden, they've got all these people. Well, you might think hearing that today, well, that's the Apostle Peter, right? He should be doing those things. Well, let's look at a couple that we named just a few minutes ago in Acts 18. It's an interesting name, Aquila. Everybody say Aquila. So uh, your next grandchild or somebody's having a baby boy, Aquila would be a good name, right? We, We don't hear that. His wife is Priscilla. 
We looked at them, in fact, let me read this again in uh, Acts 18. Let me read down so we hear them again. It says, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all of the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. I think it's interesting in the plan of God that they have to leave Italy. They have to go to Corinth. Their trade was tent makers. In fact, tent makers back then, we, we think today of like easy up canopies. Uh, animal skins that many times would rip or they would take these as they would go to different marketplaces. And that was their skill. They set up and they would build tents. They would repair tents. So God moved them from Italy or what we sometimes think is they got kicked out. Yet they're right in the middle of Corinth and they come across a man named Paul. Don't you think God set that up? And Paul, uh, as we read on, it says, because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. So Paul is now working tent making, but now he goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath and he begins to teach about Jesus. In fact, it says he persuaded both Jews and Greeks. So this little uh, repair shop becomes a place where they connect with the Apostle Paul. And now the Apostle Paul is going out doing ministry. And we would think if the story stopped there, this would be great, right? God moved them from Italy. God took them uh, to Corinth. They've helped the ministry of the Apostle Paul. That's not where it ends. In fact, we don't know every detail about their life, but we know that they transformed enough. We don't know how they got saved. We don't know anything about that. But there was such a change that Paul is going to use them in ministry. In fact, we read a, a, a few other verses. Acts 18, 19. It says, that this is talking about Paul. He came to Ephesus with Aquila and he left them in Ephesus. Hey, you guys stay here. In fact, it was Christian that mentioned Michelle went to the Congo. I believe it was five years ago, four years ago. It would be like when I went to go pick her back up at the airport and I see Maureen and I'm like, where's Michelle? Oh, we left her there. What do you mean? You left? Oh, yeah, there was a great work going on. We left her there. Now, we might think that's a little odd. That's what we read in the Bible. Oh, yeah, we left her there. Well, they go with Paul on this trip to Ephesus. And they decide they're going to leave this couple in Ephesus to help out with the church, the tent makers. Look at somebody right around you. You know, we all have different occupations, but you're sitting by a tent maker. Look at somebody and say, you're a good tent maker, right? I'd like a little larger tent next time. No. You might be a school teacher. You might do data analysis. Uh, whatever it is, you know, we could categorize that as tent making. But here, all of a sudden, we see this couple that is partnered with the message of the gospel through the Apostle Paul, and he's leaving them different places. In fact, when we read on, we read Acts 18, verse 26, and it's talking about Paul and then also somebody named Apollos, right? Another evangelist, another uh, man that, that knows the scriptures, but we read this, and so he, talking about Apollos, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and they explained to him the way of God 
more accurately. Hey, this guy's preaching. In fact, we read in the scriptures that he really only understood, as far as the repentance part, the repentance and the message that John the Baptist had. Possibly John of even John the Apostle. Equip the tent makers, pull Apollos aside and say, hey, we want to teach you a little bit more. We read that famous verse, we say it often. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered. God received the increase. We read about Apollos. Apollos will go places that the Apostle Paul went, and he'll preach, and people will get saved after the Apostle Paul got there. But who pulled him aside and helped teach him? Aquila and Priscilla, the tent makers. In fact, Paul, in the book of Romans, as he's wanting to thank different people, he writes this, Romans 16, 3 and 5. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So we've got them now as house pastors. They risked their necks. In the book of Acts, we read about turmoil. We read about the persecution. We read about Christians being arrested again. They risked their necks for me. Greet them. We see them again. Tent makers, right? Tent makers that decided to transform their life to do whatever the Lord said to do. Now, Apostle Paul, yeah, we're going to put you in Ephesus. Now we're going to put you here. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for stepping in front and risking your neck that I didn't take that blow. I've had enough blows in my life, but this is the one you kind of took it. They risked their necks, and we read that in uh, Acts 19. Paul couldn't fill his assignment without an Aquila and a Priscilla. Paul even, even mentioned those things. They stuck their neck out for me. He couldn't fulfill. He could leave them in Ephesus and he could move on. We're blessed we get to read 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. We get to read the book of Ephesians. We see all of the doctrine that's brought forth, but we see the partnership of this couple that were also house church. They weren't blessed with facilities back then. It was in homes at that time. But I think of Jesus' words. In Mark chapter 8, I think of his words where Jesus says this, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Let's all read that together. Ready? For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Interesting not knowing much about this couple other than their willingness to do whatever God wanted them to do. And God would take them through the Apostle Paul and place them in positions that not only would they be responsible for a church, they would teach an Apollos. They were mightily used to where Paul would even uh, recommend them or, or speak out to them in a letter. Please greet them for me. And they stuck their necks out for me, right? They stuck their necks out for me so that the gospel could get out. You know, many times I, I love how the Apostle Paul read, go, go through and read uh, his letters and read the very end what he says to the churches. 
I love what he says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and all. You know, I get a picture of him when he writes these words and he said people would say, well, your letters are weighty. But when he writes these, that his prayer and these words are alive to us even today, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And it says, so be it. That communion with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think many times we look at these apostles and we see what they did, but we forget all through the scripture sometimes in the New Testament, some people said, God, use me, right? I'm, I'm just a tent maker. I'm just making a tent. They kicked me out of Italy, right? That would infuriate Michelle, right? They kicked me out of Italy. They made me go to Corinth. I didn't want to go to Corinth. But in Corinth is where they connect with the Apostle Paul. And he's going to use them in Ephesus. He's going to use them to instruct Apollos and the other things that we don't read in the scripture. And they would even stick their necks out for the message of the gospel. And we need to be like Isaiah in these days when God says, well, who can I send? I don't know, Lord. I don't know. The one right next to me, send them. Know that we would be like Isaiah to say, Lord, send me. Well, I don't have all the qualifications. I don't know what to say. And that's what I think Paul said. In weakness, in fear, in trembling, I showed up in demonstration of the spirit and power. I wasn't concerned about what I looked like, how I sounded. I wasn't concerned about any of that. I was concerned that the spirit, I knew he'd show up and I knew he would demonstrate to me and I knew it would be evident to those people out there. So Lord, we come today and let our hearts, let our mouths, let our minds be Lord, send me. Lord, even as we sang and we put uh, behind ourselves today, uh, Lord, any, anything that would get in the way, any excuses that we would use, we would say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. You've placed me in places and businesses and colleges all over the place, but Lord, here am I. Send me. Let the demonstration of your Spirit's power operate through my life. Let me have a word for that checker at the grocery store. Let me have something to say, uh, something come out of my mouth when I pull through that drive-thru. Impacting. Let there be life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never uh, made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never confessed him as Lord, and maybe today's a day of you just coming back to him realigning your life i'd like all of us to pray this prayer but if that's you today would you pray it from your heart out of your mouth to your now lord and savior jesus pray this with me jesus forgive me for my sins i open the door of my heart and i make you the lord of my life fill me with your holy spirit in jesus name
know, if you prayed that today, I, I pray that right at the end of service, please come on up and let us know, hey, I made that decision. I made that very, very first step. But would you pray about this week that you would ask the Lord, Lord, what places can I partner with you? Where can I partner? Where are you at work? And maybe I've been complaining where I am, and maybe I've forgotten that maybe you put me there so that I can be a blessing to somebody. Show me that today because you are at work. I pray that this week. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray for our food, and uh, then we'll be dismissed today. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We are blessed with African Christian Fellowship and the the tender friendship and relationship that we've had. And Lord, what a blessing uh, for them to come and provide an opportunity for us to gather and celebrate together. So Lord, we thank you that you bless our food. You take sickness and disease from our midst. You're our healer, and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So please stay.